the magnificent football Monday edition of You Better You Bet on a wonderful football Wednesday rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. As we continue our full canvassing of Week 17 in the National Football League, going over every single game on today's show. It's our first show, Ken and I's first show, since Sunday morning on Christmas Eve, so a lot for us to get to. We'll have a couple great guests joining us over the course of the next two hours as well. Eric Eager in 20 minutes from Sumer Sports. Tim Brando from Fox Sports, one hour from now. All our bets for tonight coming up in the Power Hour final hour of the show. But let's get right back into it, Ken. Our handicap of Week 17 in the NFL, Jake Bring the music up. We move from the Bears and the Falcons to the Colts and the Raiders in the AFC. Indianapolis hosting this game after the Raiders become the first team in the history of the NFL to win a game while having negative yards of total offense. And I'm only exaggerating by a little bit off what we saw on Christmas Day on the road at Arrowhead. I don't know how the Raiders won that game, but God bless them for doing so. The Raiders taking down the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe getting Antonio Pierce the uh, the permanent head coaching job. We we shall see what Mark Davis decides to do. So the Raiders visit the Colts, and Indy got absolutely thwacked by uh, by the Falcons on the road in Atlanta, the, dealing a blow to Shane Steichen's Coach of the Year hopes, and also Indianapolis's uh, wild card hopes as well. So Indy right now, Ken at BetMGM. A three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total here is 43-and-a-half. Two pieces of injury news we'll be watching for. Will Josh Jacobs be good to go in this game? He's missed the last two for the Raiders. Feel like he will. Feel like it was really close to him playing on Monday, and he didn't. My guess would be he'll play, but we'll see. And Michael Pittman practicing today in a limited fashion on Wednesday for the Colts. Worth noting, though, he has not yet cleared concussion protocol. It feels like Pittman, though, is on track to play in this game after he missed Sunday's loss on the road in Atlanta. Ken, pen, pencil, blood, or blank, Colts and Raiders. Well, I know you said already that you you bet the Colts at a, a number that doesn't exist anymore. You bet them as a three-point favorite, and now they're three and a half. This is the only market that I've kind of been familiar with, and I just agree with it. Um and people be like, oh, well, you know, you get Colts home off that game, Raiders off the Chiefs win. Situationally, it feels like maybe you get a better indie effort. But, like, I don't I don't buy that with the Colts. Like, my, my Colts theory is just they're not better than, like, anybody. They just get into these close games, and through either coaching or luck or both, they end up on the right side of a lot of these results against, like, league average or worse teams. And this is another one. So, like, I, I can't ever lay them in this situation – um, even though like I situationally, I think I kind of like it. I understand why the three got bet and why you bet it. Um, I think that just puts us in a spot that I just kind of agree with, uh, a more likely than 50% Colts win. Um, nothing really to do here. I think for me, maybe, uh, we'll get some movement over the course of the week. Yeah. It's, I, so let's just say the number were three still right now. Would you be interested in betting Indianapolis? Like if it goes back down to three. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a game that lands three a lot, honestly. Um, but I guess like what, like what's more likely, like 2-1 Raiders win or Colts by four or more. Probably Colts by four or more by a little bit. I agree. Something like that. Yeah, I agree. But not by a lot. I mean, really, like you got, I think people, you got to be real careful with this Colts team, like people. Like they're just, I, they've won a lot of games. They're not very good. <laughs> like they just, oh, I'm they not really looking can't. to lay three and a half. Yeah. Three is the yeah. only number I would want to bet with Indianapolis here. But like, I I don't know if they're going to win this game like 60% of the time. Like I don't, it's like, it's just uh, they're kind of victims of their own success where, like, they get lined like this. I was just uh, – I had their schedule up to bring up real quick just to kind of, like, prove my point a little bit about what's happening. Yeah, I mean, they have been the beneficiaries. Well, I don't think anybody uh, 
surprised by this. They've been the beneficiaries of a very easy schedule, partly because of the division they played in, but mostly because of the division they played in and the cross matches that they get from the other conference and from some of their other opponents because of how they finished last season. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you roll through the opponents, Carolina, New England, Tampa. I know we feel a little bit differently about Tampa now and their favorite in the game this weekend, but like a pretty league average opponent, especially when the game was played. Tennessee, Cincinnati with Browning, Steelers, Atlanta, where they got smoked last week. They also played the Saints. They played the Titans again. They also played the Texans. I mean, it's just, you know, you go through these opponents, you go, yeah, like they have been on the right side of a lot of these like high scoring kind of one possession dramatic. I mean, the dramatic game every week has been the Colts game uh, with the last week as the exception. So it's just when you have a team like that, I don't want to bet on that team really outperforming expectations and like when the market expects it either not bet the game or or find a reason about the underdog and i think for me it's not bet the game just on this one yeah i think um now i'm assuming the michael pittman's going to be back here obviously like i don't really like i don't love the bet if pittman's not i mean i i like it i don't like it as much if pittman doesn't play i, I hard for the colts to play worse i guess they could play as bad hard for them to be worse than they were sure. last week i and like i i kind of think and i tweeted this on monday um, the fact that Mark Davis didn't retain Rich Bisacci a couple years ago after Bisacci got the Raiders to the playoffs after the in-season firing of John Gruden, I think makes it way more likely that Antonio Pierce got the full-time job. I think like, it's done already. I guess they could lose, like, like they could get, uh, you know, 35 nothing in each of the next two games, and then that would bring it into question. I think it's really likely that Pierce is kind of like, has got this, has got the gig sewn up now at this point. I It kind of felt like that was their Super Bowl to a degree, and I understand that they're still mathematically alive. And our friend, friend of the program, Greg Rosenthal um, of NFL Media, the Around the NFL podcast, tweeted that the Raiders went out, like, mathematically, like, they're likely to make it if they finish 9-8. and eight. And it's two winnable games at Indianapolis and then Jarrett Stidham in, uh, in Week 18. So it's certainly not impossible that the Raiders could make it. I just think, like, talk about spots. I like this spot for Indianapolis. Also, and, like, I do a lot of things for just for, you know, for jokes or for, like, comedic exaggeration. In all seriousness... Alexandria or Ocasio Cortez, AOC, could have played quarterback for the Raiders in the final three quarters of Monday's game yeah. and thrown for the same number of yards Aiden O'Connell, AOC, did. Zero. Zero. Green New Deal on on Monday in, in Arrowhead, thanks to the Raiders' defense, Max Crosby, Jack yeah. Jones, and company. So, Indy minus three. Last thing on this game here, Ken. I, I think I'm, I'm off this for a little bit now. I, just, I don't know if I can stomach it after what happened the last Raiders. week. The overs, yeah. It's below 44, the number right now. I don't know. Let's see let's see how the market moves. The first move in this game was down. So open 44, got that down a half point in most places. If, if everybody wants to be out, maybe I'll be back in again. I don't know. Like, let's see Let's see how the market moves. It's not, it's, it's a Raiders game, which just means like, it just it's the Colts seem to draw these opponents where you would just never bet the overs except when the Colts play them. It's just really, really funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, I, neither of us are total experts, but we had a lot of success playing that angle. If the market's going to be resistant to it and go down, maybe we play back on it. You mentioned a name there. I did this like three weeks ago on Thursday, I think. I just kind of brought it up like, hey, by the way, if this happens, thinking that it was really unlikely to happen. Um, if they do make the playoffs 
I still think Miles Garrett's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He had no sacks in the last like six games or whatever it is, maybe even more than that. Uh, they get the Jets on Thursday night, so yes, you know, it's a likelihood of of getting back uh, getting back on track is pretty high. I think you would see if they made the playoffs, especially go win win. I think you would see Crosby get a really big push for the award in that situation. And he's always, I feel like he's always somebody people want to give the award to, but they can't because the team's too bad. And I don't think this is going to happen. But like, if you want to, let's say you see that Rosenthal tweet and you want to, I don't know what the Raiders are to make the playoffs right now. Um, but like, maybe you, if, if you think that's po- you know more possible than the market does, you like them in this game, maybe, or something like that. It's like an alternate way to play those two games where, look, like sometimes they're going to go win-win and Garrett's just going to win anyway. But Crosby becomes like really live in a, in a year where the three edge rushers that have been the favorites for a while have done basically nothing for a while. Watt has started to accumulate a little bit more sacks. Like to be fair to him, he leads the league, but like, to, to, versus the level of production the first seven to eight weeks from all these guys, um, a drop-off, that tends to usually leave the window open for somebody else to get into the conversation. It could be Crosby. Um, just like worth considering, especially if they win this game, because I don't know if the market's going to like ever think, he, even if they win this, I don't know if the market's going to respond at all like he has a chance to win. And honestly, like I think there's a word where like they win this and he might be more likely to win than Parsons at that point if they're one game away from the playoffs and how everybody's performed so far. And the Browns so, are going to get like rewarded, we think, mind. already, right? Yeah. With Stefanski, right? So maybe that helps Crosby also. And Flacco. And Flacco and, potentially, too. Okay, well, I don't even, I don't even yeah. I'm crossing my fingers for the people that are not watching right, right now. I don't even want to like say that right now, but yes, you are right, right I think, obviously. I think you Flacco. and I both kind of think that Mayfield is more like, not more, I don't think he's more likely to win, but like it's like if it's not Hamlin, it like it can be either one. It doesn't have to be Flacco because of this like run that they've been on. So to be fair, like Stefanski would kind of reward Cleveland's success. Tampa is the surprising team on the opposite side. Baker would win comeback player of the year. And you could be like, well, is our awards really done like that? Where it's, you know, like what each surprise team gets their thing. You'd be really surprised how often it lands that way. Where like one, the, the one surprise team doesn't just scoop everything. Like they don't just get all the awards. Look um, then it ends up kind year. of being like evened out Gino, a little bit. Gino, comeback, sure. Dable, coach of the year. I mean. Th- yeah. Yeah. Not Saquon, right? What about Kyle Shanahan? Did he win? Uh, so just like I, I you know. I, it doesn't have to play out this way, but yeah, like the Browns will get their award. I think very likely a lot of the time will be Stefanski and yeah, Garrett doesn't have to win. Like if he gets no sacks the rest of the year, Stefanski can give all the impassioned pleas he wants to the media. I don't think he's going to win the award. Maybe Watt just wins. He leads the league in sacks. It would be his second. What if the Steelers get smoked twice down there at Seattle, at Baltimore to close? Like if the Steelers miss the playoffs, I don't know. I don't know if it matters. If Watt leads the league in sacks, I don't think he can win. The point of all of that anyway is, it's not like a bet right now. It's not a play on. It's just like an angle. If the Raiders seem to get closer to the playoffs, does the market for defensive player of the year move in that way? And I actually think it won't. I think it'll be resistant to that. And uh, and that's just worth noting if the Raiders end up pulling an upset on Sunday. Crosby is 40 to one at Ben MGM to win defensive player of the year. And just on the, and like, we'll do more on this throughout the course of the week at the bottom of the AFC playoff picture right now, you feel like Buffalo is pretty solid at this point to make the playoffs right there at nine wins currently to succeed. And then you've got, you have Indy at, so Indy, Houston, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh are all at eight wins. And then you have the Raiders and the Broncos at seven. So, like, this is all very much up in the air as to who that seven seed is going to be coming up in the AFC playoffs. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. It's a Monday.
on a Wednesday, talking Week 17 in the National Football League. Uh, I'm not going to have a lot to say about this next game because I think things are just, like, correct here now. Uh, Tyrod Taylor will start a quarterback for the New York Football Giants. Good. See, see you later, Tommy. Goodbye. Like, can't have this hanging over our heads this offseason on DeVito. Go back to being a backup. God bless. Also, those aren't chicken collards. They're chicken breasts. Tyrod Taylor will start for the New York Football Giants against the Red Hot Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Ken, the Rams were a six-point road favorite when we were kind of like unclear as to who the Giants quarterback was going to be. I think the assumption was Tyrod. But then again, I think the assumption was Tyrod earlier in the year, and they went with DeVito. So... Once it was announced earlier today, and I know this in real time because I was going to film the board of spreads literally like right when it happened. And I was like, guys, before we do this, we need to check to see what's happening here. And it immediately went to five and a half and then kept moving from there. The Rams are currently four and a half point road favorites at the Giants. The total is 43 and a half point spread wise. I think we're fine here right now. I wouldn't bet the Giants. I'll say that as a Giants fan. I think I'd only bet the Rams. Maybe the total's a little more interesting, under 44 right now um, at 43.5. Maybe like the over a little bit. Ken, thoughts on the Rams and Giants to close the segment? I, I get why the Giants got bet. So it's a big number, obviously, on the road uh, against a team that's been more competitive than I think we thought in a lot of games. The Giants, they, not that they're competitive in every game, but I mean, there was a chance they were like the worst team in the league for a while. I will say, though, yeah, I. I so I think we agree. I guess it's just like, when would you bet the Rams? Four, I think I would Four. have to. I think I'd have no yeah. choice. Um, I also like, it's weird to see the team with the rest advantage getting played against hard, which is happening in the market right now. The Rams played Thursday night against the Saints. Yeah, they like fly across the country. Great. Okay. Um, it's it's bizarre to see that get bet that way when so many other games, the rest advantage, disadvantage gets played a certain way late in the season. That's not happening here. Um, so that, that kind of is like, not alarm bells, just like, well, that's bizarre. I guess just maybe the thought was like, this number is so crazy. We should bet it anyway, and we'll get closing line value. Good luck to those people, I guess. Um, I like the Rams in the game kind of in general, when to play them. I'd probably play four, four and a half would be kind of a tough decision. Maybe that means that's the right number in the game, but I, I don't think this is some like bad setup for the Rams. I don't think the situation is bad. They have the rest advantage. I, nothing particularly unknown about the Giants. It's Tyrod Taylor. We have a lot of data on this. Like, there's not a lot going on here. No home field advantage whatsoever in the game. We'll check on the weather. Um, kind of like the Rams, but uh, probably fours the bet. Not sure about four and a half. Thoughts on the total? I might be done with totals. Oh, by the way, I, I just I just looked and like it's 44 and a half now. And it's gone up since basically since we came on the air, which I think is, is right. If Tyrod's going to so be you, the quarterback. Yeah, op open in a couple places, 42, which is kind of interesting. I did not bet. I, like, I didn't even see that. Which right, is a yeah. miss by me, because I was like, as I'm as I'm doing the introduction, I'm like, well, that the total feels like it should be at least 44. And now it's over 44, and I don't have a piece of it. And who knows what's going to happen in the game. Uh, I, I guess Tyrod, like, the Giants could win. See, the Rams are so likely to win. Oh, this could be like a super conservative McVay game and Dable gets really aggressive. I'm with you, though. I would never bet the Giants, only the Rams. Four, I think, would be a bet for me on the Rams as well. We'll get back to our handicap, Ken and my handicap, of Week 17 coming up later this hour. But coming up next, we'll find out what our friend Eric Eager from Sumer Sports thinks and what his bets are on the games coming up this weekend in the NFL. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. MGM. <laughs> 
on the BetQL network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL network. Ken and my handicap of week 17 in the NFL continues in 20 minutes with the Eagles and the Cardinals from Philadelphia. And we'll get to the Bucks and the Saints in Tampa as Tampa looks to win its second consecutive NFC South which was set up for a second consecutive elimination on wildcard weekend at home at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. If and, if and when we get there, Niners and the Commanders as well from our nation's capital with Jacoby Brissett starting for Washington. And we think it'll be Brock Purdy despite uh, stingers in back-to-back weeks. An injury called sting. I don't know how many people get that reference, but I do. So more. <laughs> Woo! More, more Week 17 coming up in a little bit. But joining us right now to handicap Week 17 in the NFL is our friend Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. At Everyone calls it X now. I'm st- I still call it Twitter. At Eric Eager underscore. Does great work with our friends at Sumer Sports, including co-hosting the Sumer Sports football show with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov, who, of course, is represented by our agent, Tim Scanlon. So we have that in, in common. Eric, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Hope it was a great Christmas for you and the family. How's it going? Yeah, happy holidays to you guys. And, uh, Looking forward to uh, week 17. Things are good here. A uh, lot of, lot of, we're going to get a lot of clarity, I think, in the NFL after this week. And one of the things we might get clarity on, Eric, and I, I know we've talked to MVP with you a lot, sometimes about analytics in, in that handicap, sometimes just about who you think is going to win and like why you think they're going to win. I, we had Pizzola on earlier in the show, and I kind of posed the question to him a certain way, and I, I think, I, I think I, I would pose it the same way to you and just kind of compare the responses. Seems like the Ravens-Dolphins game is kind of like the fulcrum here for what ends up maybe happening the rest of the season with MVP, similar to Niners-Ravens last week where it's like, well, if it's the favorite, then it's just probably done. And if it's the underdog, then shrug emoji or something like that, then I have no idea. It seems, Eric, like this is the same way, like Ravens win, maybe Lamar, Miami wins, chaos i don't know do you kind of see it the same way like if the ravens win who do you think wins mvp and if the dolphins win who do you think wins mvp yeah the the only thing i'll come back on is i think that there's an out for josh allen here um and and it hinges on the results of this game so like when you look at you know if, if there's and the ravens have played a lot of these games let's say that the ravens win this game but lamar does not look impressive and that's happened, you know, statistically a decent amount of times uh, in the past before, um, you know, the, the Dolphins lose. And then the the week 18 matchup between the Dolphins and the Bills is for the AFC East. Uh, then I think Josh Allen could win it by beating the Dolphins that week. So th- there's an out where Lamar Jackson's Ravens win, but Josh Allen's Josh Allen wins the MVP by virtue of sneaking in and getting the two seed out from under the Miami Dolphins. I think if Lamar plays a, a really good game and they win, I think he's probably secured the award because if they win this week, they basically have – if they win this week, they basic, they have the one seed wrapped up and so then they're not going to play. And much like Lamar's first MVP season in 2019, he won't even play week 18 this year. So that, that to me is, I think, that the possible outcomes where there's a Josh Allen out. I don't know if there's a Dak Prescott out. I mean, if he throws – seven touchdowns in front of all of us on Saturday night. Maybe we might reconsider him. But I think it's going to be Lamar with a possibility of Josh Allen and a possibility of Tua if Tua were to light the the Ravens on fire uh, this week. But those are the only three possibilities, in my opinion. 
Well, I want you to just expand a little bit on the Tua point. Because, like, if Miami beats Baltimore, presumably Jalen Waddell hasn't been ruled out yet. I mean, it's a high ankle sprain. Like, I can't imagine he's going to play in this game. He might not play the rest of the season. We'll see. If Miami beats Baltimore on Sunday and then beats ball, uh, beats Buffalo in Week 18 in their quest to be the number one, well, number one in home field advantage in the AFC playoffs, like, does Tua win if Miami wins the next two games? I think that there's a real – it depends upon how he looks, of course. Like, I think – like, we had a situation last year where it was the game – it was, like, December, I believe, 11th when, or 12th, like, that week where Kansas City won, but Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions, and he went from being the favorite in the markets to an underdog behind Jalen Hurts. So there is precedent, uh, and I'm guessing there's a million more. That's just the one I remember. But there's precedent for a player winning – the games, but not getting closer. In fact, losing ground as MVP because the quarterback position kind of is the highlight, you know, uh, of, of everything. And so if he wins, but plays poorly, I don't think he's the MVP. If he lights the world on fire and beating the Ravens and the bills, I, I do think that he will win MVP. So I think that that's like kind of the distinction between, uh, between Tua. like, I don't think it's just win two games for the dolphins and he's MVP. I think it's how he plays will influence it as well. Eric, I'm curious, the, the next question, we talked about basically everybody in the MVP, you even mentioned Dak there very briefly, and I'll just say, like, I, I think I agree with basically everything that you've said so far, and I think, it's like, the, the most likely way it plays out is the way you've laid it out, just for people who are kind of, like, saying to themselves, well, wait a minute, and I know he was just awful on Monday night, I mean, absolutely brutal, like, there's a chance Brock Purdy's still the leading passer in the league in, like, all categories at the end of the year, they close with Washington and the Rams, like, it's it's a lot easier than the last couple weeks from an opponent standpoint, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, like, I don't think Purdy will win necessarily, but he went from minus 250 to 12 to 1, and there are still two games to go, is he a zero in terms of ability to win this? Because you've kind of like we you haven't mentioned his name so far, and you've laid out a lot of permutations. Is there a way Brock Purdy actually gets back into this? I think if everybody else falls on their face, including Josh Allen, then I think so. I think the hardest part is all of the outs for Purdy involve Lamar, Tua, and Josh Allen living under expectation, which. I don't think all three of those things can happen at once. I think if Tua plays play poorly, then it opens the door for Josh Allen. I think if Lamar plays poorly, it opens the door for Tua or Josh Allen, depending upon who actually wins the outcome between the Bills and and the or sorry the Ravens and the Dolphins. So the, my issue with Purdy is like there are these like correlated outcomes that you know if they were uncorrelated and they were all to go zero for three over the next two two weeks, then it opens the door. I just don't see how, you know, we get a, a matchup with Tua Tungavailoa in two straight games where both quarterbacks play poorly. Because that's ultimately what has to happen, I think, for, for Purdy to get back into it. There's also the part, and, like, I don't necessarily agree with this as much. Um, it's sort of like they all view Purdy as, like, the weak, the, the poor man's Matt Ryan. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if Purdy, it, you know, lights the world on fire from an EPA or yards per attempt or passing perspective, and they were the one seed and no one else was even close. Like if no one else was worthy of the award, I think you give it to Purdy. I don't know if that many voters think that way though. And I think, and, and obviously that's what matters. I think a lot of people for lack of a better term are offended by Brock Purdy's, uh, you know, production relative to our perception of him as a player. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday talking the NFL with Eric eager from Zoomer sports, follow Eric on Twitter 
at Eric Eager underscore. All right, Eric, let's get to some games coming up for this weekend. Uh, Dolphins and Ravens in the Tua uh, Lamar Bowl. Baltimore in between a three and a three and a half point home favor, total of 47. Waddle unlikely, it feels like at this point in the week. What do you got? Yeah, offensive line injuries as well for the Dolphins. Defense has played really well uh, to kind of curb some of the regression that's happened with the Miami offense of late. Uh, I, I make the game 2.75, so I guess I'm on the side of the Dolphins. If I had to, I, I don't really have a big opinion on this one. I think the Ravens defense is being a little bit overrated after Monday night because Purdy, you know, he had one really bad interception, but for the most part, that was a lot of like tip passes and not to say luck, but there was a decent amount of fortune involved for the Ravens. So I don't necessarily think the Ravens are even power rated number one for me in the NFL. I I still think that's the 49ers. I still think if you re-rack that game, they're big favorites, Uh, maybe not as big as as Monday, but um, so I, I, I think this is this place close. And I think that the Ravens, even though Lamar was fantastic on Monday, he's had some games where that offense sputters. So I, I could see that happening. I, I think if anything in this one, the the under feels like a, a good play um, because of you know the way the Ravens want to play and, and the you know the Dolphins' the kind of lack of offensive explosion uh, over the past few weeks, including their game against Dallas. Yeah, total forty-seven in the in the Ravens-Dolphins game. As you're giving that answer, Eric, I just go. That sound, actually, the under sounds like a pretty good idea based kind of on everything yeah. you're saying and like the Dolphins up. And we think Waddle's not going to play. Tyreek, like clearly, like not even, not 100%, not like 60%, it feels like on a lot of these snaps, doesn't play every single snap uh, in every single game. So I'd be curious if that changes on Sunday as well. Lions, Both teams like to run the football too. We- oh, sure. That's a great point. Yeah, so uh, you could end up seeing like a, a fast-moving clock in the game too. Uh, un- unlikely to be an under or at least uh, like a low scoring game in the Lions Cowboys game on Saturday night. The total has gotten bet up a lot. 53 and a half, 54 Cowboys, a-, a six point favorite, Eric. I feel like we've made or heard compelling cases for both sides in this game, kind of like situation favoring Dallas, but maybe like matchup favoring Detroit and their ability to run the ball. Where do you kind of come down here on the, the Saturday night game? Yeah, I think that's really well put. Kai. I-, I think, you know, Dallas has been a better home team than a road team. Um, Detroit has, you know, played better at home than on the road. So that, that's certainly a thing. However, it's an indoor game, uh, in Dallas. So that should favor Detroit more than an average road game should. And and then when you look at kind of Ben Johnson and his brilliance in Detroit is putting kind of the 11th player on a defense in conflict. I mean, you look at the PFF grades, Mazzy Smith, the the nose tackle for Michigan, obviously, uh, you know, from Michigan for Dallas, he's going to be on the field when, uh, Detroit plays heavy and he's graded poorly this year. Um, Jordan Lewis, the the other corner, ironically also from Michigan, uh, he's going to be in the game in the slot when they play nickel or dime, and he's played poorly this year. And they have Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and, uh, and Sam Laporta to go up against him. So I do think that there are matchups that can favor uh, the cow, you know, the uh, the Detroit offense uh, relative to the Dallas defense. I think the worry that people have in sort of backing up the truck for the Detroit Lions in this one uh, is the fact that Jared Goff. has had turnover streaks in his career. Dallas has been as good as anybody uh, at making teams pay for the turnover. So that would be the one thing I worry about. Uh, Detroit, you know, run defense isn't all that great, but as we saw on Sunday, Dallas doesn't necessarily have the running backs to sort of go, you know, to to make these teams pay. Uh, Tony Pollard has not been the player I think everybody wanted to be in the post-Zeke era. So uh, I I like Detroit in this one. Not huge, but I do think that they are, are the right side at plus six. Yeah, I uh, I regret to announce that uh, I and others were wrong about Zeke and Tony. How 
Tony Pollard should be thrown in jail for not scoring a touchdown on the Cowboys' opening drive. Like I, I would have scored on that. I, I'm not even joking. I think I would have scored on that play. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Eric, your current favorite bet for Week 17, side or total, is what and why? I, I and I'm in Minnesota right now. I was just in Wisconsin for my other Christmas. Like I like the Packers getting the two and a half uh, in Minnesota. Um, to it looks like a bet MGM. I think that, you know, obviously there are injuries and they, they just suspended Jair Alexander on the defense for the Packers. I think everybody's looking at Nick Mullins the wrong way and they're saying, well, there's going to be turnover regression. So Mullins isn't going to throw four interceptions. Do this you week. think his wait, efficiency I'm sorry has been to interrupt. Oh, real quick. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt Eric. And I want you to continue with your answer here. Do you think, and like, forgive, I don't think this has been announced yet. Is it, do you think it's definitely going to be, I think it might be Jaron Hall that starts for the Vikings on Sunday night. It could be. I I'm, I'm just going to extrapolate from, I mean, if it's Jaron Hall, like I like this pick even more. Like I do think that there's an efficiency element to Mullins that people are gravitating towards. And it's the math nerds like me that are like, well, you know, there's turnovers are kind of random. So if you can get the yards per attempt that you got from Mullen, that's great. And if you could avoid the turnovers, that's a winning formula. I tend to, I look at this team, you know, Brian O'Neill probably being out, TJ Hawkinson being out for the season. Jordan Addison is day-to-day, but banged up. It's one guy now, Jefferson. And I know that Joe Barry is amazing at making like the worst players on an offense uh, look good. But I, I got to think that, that that's just not a good matchup for a team that you're laying points with. Eric, we have like a, a minute left for this. We had some quarterback, well, we had a lot of quarterback news today, but we had one piece of, of information earlier today that the Denver Broncos will start Jarrett Stidham at quarterback instead of Russell Wilson. Spawned like a, a series of tweets about whether Wilson will be on the team next year or kind of like, you know, Stidham two years in a row in the identical situation with Carr last year. Uh, the market really, really downgraded the Broncos as a result of this announcement. So the Bron- basically like a two-point downgrade, something like that, versus what we'd seen before, win probability-wise. Market viewed Denver as much less likely to win with Jarrett Stidham. They're now just about a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and the three-and-a-halfs, a lot of them are juiced toward the Chargers. Do you agree with that in about a minute, that that downgrade exists? And how do you see that game playing out? I think that a downgrade certainly exists. Uh, of that magnitude, given the situation, I don't. I, I think Denver's the right side here. Um, I think you're getting a little bit of a bump from from Los Angeles playing a game effort last week. That's not necess- that's not generally repeatable if you go back in time. And I think Stidham is is more than capable here. There's also the fact that you watch those games and Sean Payton very clearly hates Russell Wilson. And so you take a player that he probably doesn't want to see succeed all that much. And you put in a player that he may want to see succeed. And, and I think you're going to see a, a smaller downgrade than the market suggests. Again, the market's efficient uh, pretty much in these le- in, in the NFL. Um, but I, I think it moved a little bit too far here. So when uh, Eric, when, uh, when Sean Payton says that benching Russell Wilson is all about winning this game on Sunday. Are, are you trying to tell us he's lying, that he ain't telling the truth? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think he's telling the truth. I think he wants to win, and I think he wants to stick it to Wilson, frankly. I love that. I, yeah. I love the way Eric framed that, and I don't, I'm not even saying he's wrong. It's clear that Sean Payton hates Russell Wilson. I absolutely love it, I, and, and I think he's right, and I think he's right. Also, I like the Broncos with Jared Stedham coming up on Sunday. Eric, we appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Wisconsin. Safe travels back home. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Have a happy new year, guys. Take care. I got to start working the happy new year in as well. It's a bad yeah, job. Yeah, we're getting close. A couple, yeah. couple days off, I'm a little rusty. On the other side, 
Back to our Handicap Week 17 in the National Football League. Nick and Ken, you better you bet on a Monday, on a Wednesday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. On the BetQL Network. Uh, we got a lot to do here on this Monday on a Wednesday. Tim Brando from Fox Sports stops by in 20 minutes. We'll talk some college sports with Tim, including both uh, national semifinals coming up on Monday with Washington and Texas and, of course, Michigan and Alabama. About an hour from now, we'll start giving you all our bets for tonight in the wide world of sports, basketball, hockey, and I don't know if Tyler's got college hoops. Hashtag we'll find out. We're looking forward to that. Also, like bowl games as well, which is like, you know, whatever. Oh, Tyler's got a college bowl bet that he'll give out next hour on the show. But for now, we continue our handicap at Week 17. Jake, bring the music up. And Ken, let's go to the uh, the Gannon Bowl. Winner gets the Triforce. And maybe the Hand of Zelda. Nice. E- Eagles and the Cardinals. As Jonathan Gannon returns to Philadelphia. And all the think pieces are out. Do the Eagles miss Jonathan Gannon? Well, we know they miss Shane Steichen. Whether they whether they miss Gannon or not, I think remains to be seen. Although Matt Patricia is calling the play, so I guess so, on defense. Eagles can a 10.5-point favorite against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who are like t- t- stumbling down the stretch here, playing out the string. Total here is 48. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Eagles and cards. It kind of feels like Bill's Patriots to me, where I just go, like, I don't really have an angle to like anything. And, uh... You know, I think I expect Eagles to win by a lot. So does the market. Um, you know, I guess I guess is the number short. Like, should it be a little more like, you know, 13, 14 and what we've seen in some of these games down the stretch between, you know, b- big team and terrible team? Maybe um, it would be the Eagles or nothing. I don't think this is the entry point to make a bet, though. Uh, basically, I've had almost no movement from the open, like a half point down toward the Cardinals, which is basically nothing. I guess the question would be, like, if we ever saw 10 in the game, which we're pretty close to right now, to be fair, uh, would that be a buy point on Philadelphia? Maybe. Could see something like that. Um, aside from that, probably not a lot going on here. I think the my issue with this game is that these are two teams that I would like to bet against this sure. week. And they're playing each other, which obviously is not ideal. Just one note, and I, I have nothing on this game right now. We'll move on in a second. Just that, like, think about what Denver is doing with Russell Wilson, what the Raiders did last year with Derek Carr. It's not necessarily apples to apples in terms of the contract stuff, but I, I think the fact that Kyler is going to play these final two games, I think it's like a strong indication that he's going to be Arizona's quarterback next season. And maybe they'll seek to, like, you know, use the draft, maybe take Marvin Harrison, maybe another weapon, a defensive player, we'll see. But I think the fact that Kyler is going to play in these games, that we know at least he's going to play in this one for now, um, I think it's a pretty strong indication that Kyler is going to be Arizona's starting quarterback next season. All right, buddy, let's move to the NFC South, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield win, and they are NFC South champions for the second consecutive year. You know, last year it was with Tom Brady. Uh, Baker Mayfield, for to be fair, though, has been amazing recently, and it's had a really good season for Tampa. Comeback player of the year, come Baker. Someone <laughs> tweeted me that, and I really liked it. Uh, so yeah, Tampa, people have been using that for a little bit. We've had we've had come Baco and come Baker. That's the yeah, two. We just happen to be able to use the two quarterback names in this. Uh, doesn't really work for some of the other players. Fortunately, we've been on two where it does work. Uh, bench car, car bench, fire <laughs> Allen. Uh, <laughs> the Bucks host New Orleans. Tampa's a three-point home favorite. 
The total is 42 and a half. Again, Tampa wins, and they are NFC South champions for the second consecutive year. And I'll say it again, would set up a wild card loss against Dallas for the second consecutive year as well. Um, I'll go first here, Ken. I... I definitely think Tampa should be favored. I think three is just going to be, and I know we're at three one ten right now at Ben MGM at least. Well, uh, well, we're we're not we're not three like anywhere. The threes. I think we. I think I wrote this in the chat like about an hour ago. The threes all got bet like everywhere. Oh, okay. Oh, two so and a half. One hundred percent. One hundred percent of threes are gone. So two and a half is okay. the number everywhere now. Well, I feel like then it's just like, do you want to tease New Orleans or not? I took three with the Saints. Uh, just like, right. hey, I feel like, you know, I don't feel like the number should be three. I think Tampa should be favored. So one last ride with uh, with Derek Allen here for your for yours truly, at least. And I guess we'll see sure. about week 18 against Atlanta. Um, I thought three was valuable. I don't know that it's coming back. Now I think the conversation is, well, I guess we could have, like, do you want to lay Tampa now with the number under three? Tease New Orleans? Do you want to bet the total? What do you think here with Tampa and New Orleans? Yeah, this was a game. This is, and I, just to link two games together, because they both played in the Thursday night game last week, the Rams and the Saints, the Rams obviously winning that game by margin, like the game landed eight, but like the Rams were up a lot the whole game. And so like, all right, so you have a, a team in the Saints in this game, uh, like extra rest against a team that's not, and spread opens a full three. And I, you know, I think it's like, okay, I, I don't think the three is going to last the whole week. I think people are going to see that point spread and view the and, uh, Tampa off of an insanely hot run and good performance the last couple weeks. I mean, like up, you know, whatever it was, 20 to nothing, 27 nothing on, on the Jags last week and see this setup and the threes are going to go. It didn't have to happen today. Like it could happen on Friday. It could happen on Sunday. Just this was a spread that seemed unlikely to to. Uh, to stay three just because of what we know about how these markets tend to move and what they tend to favor injury information rest advantages and, and the like and so i just to connect these two games okay so like saints are kind of getting bad i think for that reason this is also kind of one of those mediocre mediocre games where it's like a team lays three and you're just gonna like the plus three no matter what okay then like why are the giants getting bet against the rams like why why is that happening exactly? I just again it just makes no it makes no sense to me. Like it really doesn't. I like the Rams in the game. This game, like moving predictably, honestly. Uh now that we're under three, 50-50 all lay Tampa would never, ever, ever bet New Orleans. Don't really want to tease New Orleans. Don't really want any part of New Orleans to close the season the way this is going. Uh in any game they'll probably play. I'd rather pass the game than bet them in, in every game in both games they have left. Might lay Tampa now. Again, like you put me in a tie game. Like, this will be really funny. Like, I don't know if I want Todd Bowles in a tie game in the fourth quarter. I don't want the other two, coach and quarterback. And I'll take Mayfield against basically like anybody in the NFC South at this point. So maybe it is Tampa at this point. It's never New Orleans now. The number's off three. All right. Uh, is there a teaser conversation to be had? I'm guessing no. And we can move on to the next game. Yeah, I just I don't want I don't want anything to do with the Saints to close. I've never really wanted anything to do with the Saints. And I don't think this is any different. That's Tampa and New Orleans coming up in the NFC South. I, I muted my microphone because my, my stomach is in, is in pain. So I, I didn't yeah, catch no, it. You're, yeah, people watching. People, can, be, yeah, like people can't tell. That. Like Nick's playing hard a little bit. Like <laughs> uh, Not even a little bit. But to be fair, like you're doing the show. So I guess it is a little bit like you're not on your deathbed. But like, uh, you know. Oh, no, I'm okay. You know, sometimes you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Like there's just, you know, it's a, it's tough. We did, we did a show one time during the summer. I think I told this story. Well, you've done the show with COVID before, which is outrageous. Uh, you know, back, back when it was like For a really week. big deal to say that. Right. Yeah. Where and you're like, I think I have COVID. And I'm like, Yeah, I think you do. And it's like, welcome back, Nick and Ken. You better you better. I mean, we just did the you just did the show. It's ridiculous. I did a show over the summer one time with Nick Ash, who's like on Ben MGM tonight. Uh like I, and and you were off like, you know, July or whatever. This was two years ago. And we get to the final hour, and during a break, I just go, 
I can't stop shivering and you're going to like hear it on the air. Can I please stop doing the show and like go lay down? <laughs> it was like, yes. <laughs> and so it's like for three hours, I was just like, you could like hear my teeth chattering because I was like so sick. Like that's the way it goes sometimes. So just for people, you know, like maybe, maybe Nick, uh, I don't think you've messed anything up so far, but if you hear that the rest of the show, just like, look, cut him a little slack. Yeah, the, Jokers. Well, the, 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 well, the only thing that's going to get messed up will be, you know, whatever. My stomach's in shambles right now. We'll move on. Right. Uh, you better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. Well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Monday on a Wednesday well here. <laughs> there, yeah. there you have it. Uh, okay. Niners and the Commanders in our nation's capital. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's going to start for Washington. We got a little bit of movement here, Ken, off 13 and a half. This was 13 and a half juice towards San Francisco. Now we sit at 13 minus 110, unless there's been movement that I haven't seen in the last little bit. San Francisco, 13 on the road. Total here is 49 and a half. We think Brock Purdy is going to start for San Francisco. Suffered stingers in back-to-back -back weeks. I could, I'm could. i going to do the sting joke like a million times this week, just in different ways. Uh, <laughs> so kind of like assuming it's Purdy, we know it's Brissett. Right. San Francisco, almost a two-touchdown road favorite. What do you think? Yeah, it's just I think the question's like, is the movement A, Brissett, B, Purdy, like a tiny chance he doesn't play, C, both? The answer's probably C. And it's not very much, to be fair. Like, you're welcome to bet against San Francisco in this game, and maybe you're right. I just, like, yeah, I watched Brissett in the second half against the Jets. We saw him come in two weeks ago against the Rams and have a bunch of success in, like, spot duty. Is that this? Like, is that what this is? Uh, I, I would never bet Washington in this game, and it's not even that I don't think they can win or cover. I just don't know why I'd be making the bet. We all saw Brissett the last two weeks. Like, you think he got some angle that he's really good? He played. We watched it twice. Like, cat's out of the bag on that one. And uh, and you get the Niners off of just an absolutely brutal performance. Maybe you want to play on them. Maybe this is just correct and they win by margin a lot. It's one of those two for me. And that doesn't mean Washington can't win. I just, I don't. I don't see what the angle is to bet Washington. It can't be the quarterback move. Like that's in this a little bit. And we've watched it. Like there's no, there's no new thing here. Um, it's just a terrible team down the stretch. That's going to fire their coach. And you play the Super Bowl winner 13 against them. Maybe you do that. Maybe you don't. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to end up betting San Francisco. If it's Darnold, I don't have a lot of interest in laying it. If it's Purdy, I'm, I'm very interested in laying the Niners. We can move what on. Do you think for this game for now. Darnold? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think the number closes? More than 10. I got to tell you, if, if this drops any more, you could uh, put Josh Johnson in there. I think I'd probably lay the points at this point. So uh, you would you lay 12 and a half with Arnold? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, they, let's, what, let's, good. Well, I was just going to say they scored, I mean, they scored 19 and obviously like the late, the late game part of that was a part of that, but just the stat still holds. Look at the games against every non-Ravens team that they play. I mean, they just, when these guys play, I guess we could see if Trent Williams plays. He has a groin injury or didn't play the second half against the Ravens too. But like when these guys are fully formed, the likelihood of insane numbers of points, the likelihood is very high of that happening. <laughs> so just like, and here's Washington. It's like a realistic Niners point projection in the game. So the market has a 24, like 31 so I think how the market has it right now, I'm doing that off the top of my head. Yeah, 3118. It's like the projected final score. I don't think it's less. <laughs> Maybe that's the right number. It's that's that or more, just based on how they play. 
let's try and clear one more game here. Jaguars, Panthers, Jacksonville, six and a half. Total is 38. Trevor Lawrence doesn't practice on Wednesday. Currently with a broken right arm, the shattered left arm, fractured left fibula, COVID-18. <laughs> Not even COVID-19. He's got the COVID before COVID-19. Oh, wow. I don't know if he's going to... Throwback. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I know Pizzola said like seven is his buy point on Carolina. I, I would bet Carolina six and a half. Bryce Young's actually playing well right now to close the season. I would never bet Jacksonville. Yeah, this number just struck me as correct in this range, like six or six and a half. And uh, I guess like, I guess at seven, would I bet Carolina? Maybe, I guess. Um, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest. I don't know if we're ever going to see seven in this game. Um, but yeah, six, six and a half, like no bet at least early in the week while we wait for even more Trevor Lawrence injury updates. I got to like Bryce Young, give him credit. Like he's played well the last couple of weeks. I think that's going to continue down the stretch this season. All right, power hour, final hour on the other side. We'll finish our handicap of week 17, give you our bets for tonight, and we'll talk some college sports with our friend Tim Brando.